welcome to another edition of the Bold Swim Off the Rack series. I'm so excited to welcome our next guest. She is a great friend of mine, a true living example of the powerhouse that is a modern woman. She really does do it all. With all of that, I will let her introduce herself. And here she is. Hi, my name is Daisy Chen Hutton, and I am the founder of The Fix Collective. The Fix Collective is a business that I started a couple years ago based on the concept that I truly love fashion. I'm kind of a fashion nerd, um, but also have great concerns for environment and the sustainability of the entire fashion industry. So in my mind, I was trying to come up with a way to have access to incredible clothing without having to constantly purchase new clothes all the time. Um, and that's how the Fix Collective was born. Um, we are a boutique rental service. We promote the idea of renting over buying because it allows for more people to try out the same garments without adding to the consumption and the over-manufacturing and overproduction that goes on in our industry already. So in that sense, we wanted to create the ability for women to have their fashion fix, but also be able to address the climate fix as well. And that is kind of how we got started. So that was a lot of words. <laughs> I have a hard time describing the business in less. So... No, that was perfect. I mean, we definitely want to be able to elaborate where we can and, you know, give people really, truly how it's different, how it's different than Rent the Runway and why, you know, this is so important to you. Um, so with that, that brings me to the question of the month, I guess, is why fashion? Why clothing, apparel, and what is the importance of fashion to you? Girl, <laughs> this is a can of worms. I was like, how many answers do I get? Because, you know, you mentioned this to me and I started thinking about it. And there's a lot of reasons. Um, so, so, yeah, the question is, do I get to talk about more than one or am I limited to just like the most important right now? I would say you're you're free to answer it how you want to. You can add on to it, whatever it means to you. Has it okay. transformed from because of your background in fashion? Has it, you know, evolved since you started the brand? Um, you, you mentioned it as being a hobby project, but I think it's really more of like a community now that it's grown and I've seen you grown since you've started it. And, you know, we're kind of affiliates yeah. in a way. So I've seen it build out to something that you want it to be is that community starting small in Los Angeles and then growing from there. Okay, Tiffany, let's, let's just go down this road then. So, I mean, for <laughs> me, it started way, way back, I think, growing up in a suburb of Pittsburgh and just looking around and realizing that most of the people I went to school with felt very one-dimensional in their clothing. And I'm not saying that that is bad necessarily, but I just remember thinking, gosh, that feels so boring. I wanted to use fashion at that time in my life to differentiate myself because it was the one thing that I could really control. And it was the one thing that I could, you know, feel like I could use to really express who I was. So it started out that simply. It was, I felt like there was no such thing as fashion in suburban Pittsburgh. But I was trying to find it. I was trying real hard. And eventually, 
I had to give up on finding it there and move to LA. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture you like how you rock out this 80s uh, version of yourself and being that in Pittsburgh. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I was a child of the 80s. We had malls at the time and I would go to the mall, but the mall is limited by what stores are in there. And at the time, it really wasn't great options. And I just remember always feeling so disappointed. But also, like, I was the girl who wanted to buy all the weird things. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I didn't want to look like everybody else. I, and I, and it was it was important for me to, to be thoughtful about what I was putting on my body. And I'm not sure that everybody feels that way, and that's fine. Um, but for me, definitely, it was kind of a, an early-on statement maker. But... I think what is even more important and what it has evolved into, especially right now, is the importance of how fashion can be a mood booster. Like, it's not even about just who we are, but it is about how it makes us feel. I mean, I'm not going to lie, even five minutes ago when I was prepping to go on this call, (laughs) thinking that I was going to see your face, I was in gym clothes and I was... um. Uh, you know, we're also on what the 20 something months of this mm-hmm. pandemic. And I was in a little bit of a funk and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to put on some clothes right now. You do and such a great job of that. It, I mean, it's not that I'm wearing a fun sweatshirt that I really like, but there is something magical and something chemical. When you put the right garment on your body, it just releases like a feeling for me. And that's Mm -hmm. what I call the fix, right? That's that high that you get from finding something that makes you feel so good that you're a different person. I love that. I never asked you kind of how you came up with a name because naming businesses or anything is like stressful and it's hard. Uh, I struggle with that. But yeah, this wouldn't be a meeting without any technical difficulties, of course. So yeah, I apologize you can't see me. But I did put on a nice sweatshirt. It makes me feel good. It's a good power color, I feel like. But you're always fabulous. Um, Always fun. The way you style your hair, the way your haircuts, like all of those things. I always have so much fun watching you. Oh, well, thank you. That's really sweet. And honestly, I have so much fun styling my clients because, again, I have clients come who, who come see me and they, you know, they're they're not really sure what they want to wear for certain things. They don't really necessarily consider themselves stylish, but they're going on a vacation or they're going mm-hmm. to a birthday party and they want to wear something different. And we'll go through a couple different looks and you can tell when the that woman has put on the right outfit because of the way her body mm-hmm. changes and her eyes light up. And she's like, I would have never thought that something like this would make me look so good. I never would have thought I could feel this way. And those were my absolute favorite moments of what I do because it is about making us feel the way we want to, you know, feel our best, the way the way we want to be presented to the world. Absolutely. And the way that you just empower your clients that, that come through, and I've been privileged to be able to see some of those those customers when they're they're getting dressed and they're being styled by you and just the attention that you give to each and every one of them. And then when other ladies and other clients are in, in the, the space, we're just all like empowering each other and giving that positivity and support and then complimenting, you know, maybe where, you know, she needs a little bit of you know, self-love. And now she can take them like, yeah, like five other women or whoever was in the room just really made me feel great about myself. And yes, I can pull off this color. I never thought possible yes. or a style that I never pop- 
stuff. Even me, when I came over, you're like, oh no, this, you can wear this. I'm like, are you sure? I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this, Daisy. And you just, the way you're able to build confidence when you style and you just clearly have a passion and love for it. It's just truly inspiring to, to watch and see other women just get so fabulous. And then they share pictures of where they're going on their vacations or high profile uh, meetings. You know, all these things are so great. Thank you. It really is. It's so exciting. Um, and I, yeah, I just feel like now more than ever, we have lived through this crisis and just thinking back about the many, many months that people were in sweatpants and maybe still are today. <laughs> um, and I remember personally, like I, I'll wear sweatpants for a day, but I instantly start to feel like what I look like. And I can tell <laughs> that that is not helpful. So I remember early on in this pandemic, and you know, after a certain number of days looking like a slob, I would get dressed. And it, you know, I don't know that I always wanted to, but sometimes I would force myself to. But getting dressed was something that changes your outlook in life. It's like, oh, I do have a purpose. And oh, I can look good. I am not this person who is melted <laughs> into a puddle <laughs> in front of Zoom all day long. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're right. Like, I'm even doing better. Like, I'm running all the time, just like many of us are. And just like, my go-to is definitely some leggings because I have the, the well intention of getting down to the gym later or doing some type of yoga. It never happens, but, um, you know, thankfully, you know, I'm able to put on something and at least, you know, put on some makeup or anything. And then I know when I'm, I'm meeting up with my girlfriends, I'm like, okay, I need to look like fabulous. Cause this is, we're, we're all in fashion. We're all in clothing. Like we have to like bring it and bring exactly. it. And you're right. But also, your I know for your business, you're like me, you're shooting your reels, you're making your videos. <laughs> and how many times have it been like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to put on makeup, do my hair, put on clothes. But honestly, then the minute I do, I'm like, oh, I look so good. Yeah. You're like, this is like, what? I'm sleeping on myself. Like I, I was like, okay, so, you know, everything's getting ready for production. We're getting ready for our assets. And I know you're doing a lot of new shooting your catalog, but even yesterday I was like, okay, I, I really need to just start showing up on social people love it. And, you know, with these beauty campaign videos that are coming out, it's like, okay, I can do a little preview and a teaser. So I did it yesterday and I felt so good. I was like, you know, I thrifted a lot of good stuff for these shoots and was able to support some business owners. And I have a date that I'm going to come see you, but just all these things were, I got to get ready and like give the people what they want. They want to see me in these, these bikinis too, whether they know it or not. You know, this, these are, this, this is the body that I have and this is what's coming through. Right. But I felt so good about myself and just, you're right. I did, even though I'm wearing a bikini, you know, I love summer, I'm eternal summer, but, um, yeah, I did feel, I felt really well, really good. Well, you know what, because it's, it is like a form of wellness. It's a form of self-love, like allowing yourself to wear something nice allowing yourself to look good and feel good you you think about that as like a very basic thing but it's kind of it's kind of a treat like it's you sometimes have to think about it like you deserve this it's not you know necessarily like a massage or a spa day but putting on a nice outfit is a great feeling you also start to appreciate like all the craftsmanship that went into designing the garment, right? The the way like you're describing how the the fabric feels, a type of fabric, um, you know, and if you've had, 
you know, been able to get up to your aspirational brand or afford the, mm-hmm. you know, the higher end of any brand that you support, um, yes. then you, you know, the difference, you know, the difference in the quality and the materials oh, and ones that you thought were quality when you really try it compared to another one, maybe a smaller brand or a more sustainable brand. You're like, Oh, now I understand the difference and why clothing is important and why, you know, turning away fast fashion is even more important, right? And these things, yes. and the way that yes. you're able to do sustainable rentals is, is amazing. Thank you. Yes, I know the appreciation of design, the appreciation of the work is a really good point. And like that actually, yeah, that was another one, another thing I wanted to bring up is because fashion to me is art. Fashion is something that we will look back at. Well, we do. We, we look back at society, at culture, and fashion is a reflection of what that is at the time. You know, we, we look at the 80s trends. We look <laughs> from the Renaissance trends. We look from, you know, different, um, not just eras in history, but different cultures and different parts of the world and how people dress like it is it's a statement of who you are in that time i mean one day people will look at all of us in sweatpants for two years and (laughs) but that tells a story about what people were going through at the time um you know you love how you can just like instantly recognize an 80s fashion photo with the women in their bangs and and the big poofy shoulder pads and like there's something so identifiable about it because it tells our story Yep. It's it's so great that you say culture. So um, for the people that are not familiar with you and that have not yet seen the graphic that will be uh, when the series airs, tell everybody what culture that you identify with and how sharing that culture um, is really important to your work or how you brand your, your, your business. So my family is... Chinese slash Taiwanese. We are ethnically Chinese, um, but my parents were both born in Taiwan, and so culturally we kind of identify as Taiwanese. And, you know, that in itself is a whole story, and it's been a big cultural shift, even in my mind growing up in a suburb of Pittsburgh where there wasn't a very strong Asian population to now being in Los Angeles, where it is definitely much more prevalent and uh, also kind of reaching an age where I'm where I have children now and I'm understanding why it is important to know our culture, to know our background um, and to celebrate it. And obviously in the past, you know, couple years, there's been a lot of unfortunate news stories that people have become aware with and about Asians being passive and Asians kind of not speaking out for themselves. And, you know, that, that hits home personally. It hits home Maybe maybe that's also part of why growing up fashion was a way I spoke for myself because growing up as a child of Asian immigrants, I don't know that I used my voice as much. Um, so I probably used clothing more so. Um, but now, you know, it's it's just something I have to be proud of. It's something I have to show my children that, you know, being Asian is not a stereotype it is a strength it's a as beauty it's it's thousands of years of history i mean talk about fashion as mm. like something that's come from yeah thousands and thousands of years of change mm-hmm. um and and trends that we still see today mandarin collars um just 
you know, like fabric itself. So much of our clothing comes yes. from China, right? It's right. Like, it's manufactured there. The fabric's made there. Um, and people are working there and um, suffering to make those clothes <laughs> for the fast fashion brands. It's it's all interrelated, I guess, is what the point is. It's you know, you can't you can't separate culture from from life. You can't separate culture from business. It's it's all part of of everything that we do. You make such a great point. And I love that, you know, me being African-American and my husband being West African, even those distinctions and that subculture and, you know, the American side versus that, and then just the shared history, right? And you being Taiwanese and, you know, being a part of the Asian community and also doing a lot of activist work in that that space. yeah. It, it just it's so amazing that you're able to use your voice and use your background and use the fixed collective as that platform and be responsible in especially in the what last like you mentioned last 20 months of the pandemic especially in Los Angeles we see a lot of those those hate crimes and the these um marches for just civil rights just things that are happening in each respective community and just how do we use our platform and our voice to continue um to be that positive light or to speak up against those, those stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's, it's great to have that platform. It's great to use it, to give back. It's great to just keep projecting it out there so that people can continue to learn. There's just, there's a lot of learning to be done, right? So yep. we all need to be just open to it and, and take the opportunities to do it, to be open to sharing, to be open to hearing so we can grow. Yeah, I think if you're not growing, then you're dead, right? You're going to grow. You're going to grow. The things that you think or you're, well, you know, become biases and the things that you reinforce with confirmation bias and all these things continue to, you know, permeate what, you know, you end up supporting or believing in. Obviously, we know that through our politics, well, too often enough. But even you mentioned you have two children. Like, you have to be able to help them shape what their world looks like and be able to, like, you know, my mom, my dad didn't sit passively by. My grandparents, you know, this is who I am. This is a part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so great. Um, There is... Gosh, there's so much more. I one thing I do think about, though, you know, in contrast to my upbringing in a small suburb, is my my kids growing up here in LA, where there is so much opportunity, there is so much fashion, there's so much of everything, and I often think about, you know, I I view fashion as this tool that we have to better ourselves, but I also see so many downsides of it. Yep. Um. You know, there's and, and it's probably more of a reflection of society than everything else. But the sad part is we all are trying to, you know, you're always trying to get to the next level. And it's it's so competitive and it's so – you can either use fashion to better yourself or you can either use it to tear other people down. Yep. And for me, it's always that struggle of how can we get to a place where we're not tearing each other down? Like how do we get to the place where we – honestly can celebrate ourselves and not just be trying to keep up with the people around us you know for me like I understand also that people use fashion as a way to fit in sometimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me that's never really been the case I don't want to fit in I want to stand out I want (laughs) I want I want to be like everybody else but that takes 
a level of confidence building and, and personal affirmation to get to. I get that. But I, I just, if there was one dream in the world I could have is, is that everybody would have the confidence to just be who they are and, and, and love that person. That, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, and we do have a responsibility, especially us being in one of the fashion capitals of the world and being that trendsetter and that, you know, where the world looks to, especially in the States for fashion, um, not even even before we get to the international community. Right. Um, but even just here in the States and in Los Angeles, we see so much of what you mentioning, just how people use fashion to hurt others to the haves and the have nots, but also mm-hmm. the access that we have to these designers um, these, these brands to be able to, um, in, even more so probably in Western culture, American culture, it's just this, a status symbol, right? And then, like you mentioned, how do we bring the people together with fashion instead of saying, you know, I have this that makes you less if you can't afford these threads, right? Right, exactly. I mean, it's not just clothes, it's everything, right? It's cars, it's homes, it's, um, where you eat, where you where you vacation, it's like it's it's a whole lifestyle thing. But definitely, fashion is part of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because it but, just determines you know how people perceive you and how you look, right? But even taking people like the whole, um, and I don't think it's a new trend because I feel like I've been doing it as long as it's been around, and I'm sure as you as well. But even just having the upcycling or, you know, the, the, the second hand or the thrifting, I have siblings. So I've, I've always been hand-me-downs and like you (laughs) wanted to stand out and not wear what everybody's wearing. I remember I had these hot pink shorts and these black tights. And I thought I was like, you couldn't tell me anything. Like I was so cute when I was like 10 and I'll I'll have to find a picture to show you, but yes, you do. Yes. But I was, I was that weird kid. I was in orchestra. I was in the arts. So, you know, I had, like to take different languages and things like that. So I was always that weird kid that was like, she's Mm -hmm. a little different, but I could fit in with everybody, but I still had the confidence, you know, maybe it was, uh, you know, a little bit of naivety at the time as well, just to be me, to be me. I love that. Um, But yes, you know what? The upcycling and the, the thrifting thing is so important because, you know, the one thing that gives me hope is I think for a lot of people, they think fashion has to be new. It has to be the newest thing. And I'm like, that's, that's exactly the opposite of my entire ethos. Like my concept of renting is it doesn't need to be new. It needs to be new to you. Um, I'm obsessed 100%. with thrifting it. I'm obsessed with like, I'm just obsessed with detail. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me if it's off the runway now, or if it's from a runway five years ago, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Like we all go through different stages of our lives and you just never know when something is going to connect with you. And, and you're going to look at something maybe 10 years old and be like, Oh, I love that. And I love how that makes me feel right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, who cares? It's, I don't know. I think these days newness is less relevant, but at the same time, Maybe it's also because there's such a lack of opportunity for real, real newness. I mean, there's a lot of repeats in fashion. There's a mm-hmm. lot of copying in fashion. Absolutely. And it's it's very difficult to actually innovate. And then also when you innovate a lot, sometimes it's not really wearable. But it's still art, and that's beautiful. I yep. love seeing some weird shit come down a runway <laughs> and just being like, well, you can't wear that, but that's amazing, and it's in- inspiring. And then... You know, it, it, it gives somebody maybe a jumping point to create something different. 
And maybe myself in the metaverse can wear some of that stuff that I also think is very <laughs> avant-garde. And I'm like, yeah, I cannot fit any of that. There would be a whole lot of mishaps, but, you know, it'll be fun. You know, we'll do an avatar of me. It'll be great. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's not even necessarily the fit, but, like, you know, sometimes things are, like, completely see-through. Or they're mm-hmm. just made of, like, giant metal shields or, like, who? I, I don't know. Like, where are we wearing that in Los Angeles? I mean, but then, like, if you can't wear it in Los Angeles, where can you wear it? That's also the question. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, I, I love it. I think that it, it, I can't wait to see, even now, like, fashion is very cyclical, right? So it's very circular. The style, like, the 90s are all the rage for the last couple of years now. Yep. And I'm like, why, why, why are we, why are we doing this? But then there's some styles that I just love of the 90s. I'm like, you know, I was a product kid of the 90s, so, Yeah. Yeah, the nostalgia factor is key. Like, I love the nostalgia. Yes, sometimes it feels a little recycled, but I guess it just depends. Um, But there's also, there's there's so many creators out there. There's so many designers. Like, people are doing so many different things. Like, everybody can find their groove. Like, if the 90s trend isn't for you, there's a million options out there. So You can change yourself every day, honestly, with fashion. Especially when you rent your clothes, because... (laughs) There you go. That's, that is also me. Like people always kind of ask me what my style is. And that's a really hard question for me to answer because I don't think I have one particular style. I'm very fickle and I like to experiment, but I'm also, I don't like to commit to things for very long. So the fact that I get to rent my clothes uh, means I can be, you know, sporty one day, preppy the next day, fat, like high it. fashion one day. I can wear crazy colors and crazy prints and just uh, try different trends and not ever feel like it's gonna you know it it doesn't have to live on forever I love that so would you say that most of your clients have commitment issues then (laughs) (laughs) oh are we getting a therapy session I know we won't we won't we'll cut this part out where they you know they're like what commitment issues maybe I do no yes No, I'm not going to say most of them. I think, honestly, all my clients have different reasons. Some of them are there purely for the eco uh, Mm -hmm. um, side of it because they see the the practicality. And some of them are, yes, very much like me. Like, oh, I just love having options. And I don't want to, I don't want to buy, I don't want to spend $300 on a shirt that I'm going to wear twice and I'd be tired of it. I don't, you know, it makes no sense financially. It makes no sense for the earth. Um, so a lot of people feel that way. And then I also have a lot of clients who just don't know what to wear. So they yep. love to walk into a room full of clothes and know that they have different things to try that they wouldn't normally try. It's so, really magical too. That word you said is options. Like when you walk in, like, it's literally like every woman's dream closet. Like, <laughs> honest to God. I'm trying. I, that's the like I. My problem is space at this point. I'm like, how huge of a space can I fill to make it every woman's dream <laughs> closet? Because there are there are a lot of great clothes in the world, and I just feel like I need to house them all. <laughs> I know it's like it, it's something special, and I know that you won't have that problem much longer. You're in the, definitely the growth stage, and you're going to catch fire already. So when you find that magical space that just makes you happy and makes the fixed collective just, it just, you get that fix. It's, it's going to be even more magical because the first time I saw it, every time I see it and every time I come to visit, I'm like, it just, I just want to stay here. Like, can we just sit and have cocktails? Like where, where yes. the cocktail people? You know, that was That was also part of the dream. So yeah, let's go back a little bit because obviously there are huge rental companies out there that do their thing. We offer, again, it's a boutique experience in 
and when I was putting it together in my head, that was my thought. Like, I would love for women to come in, not just to get clothes, but to just sit down and feel like they have a place to grab a cup of coffee and just get inspiration. I don't know, sit around, read a magazine and relax mm-hmm. for a minute or just, I don't know, whatever. But like, I wanted to feel like a community space, not just a store that you walk in and out of that has no personality. I want it to feel homey. I want it to feel like... Yeah, your dream closet that you want to walk into and stay in forever. And there's so many fabulous people that are there and like, be prepared when the Fix Collective opens its doors, like literally you'll be like, come hungry. Daisy's always trying to feed you. It's great. It's magical. And then you're whisked away into the dream closet experience that is, you know, you styling and prepping everyone in the dressing rooms. And it's just, it's amazing. And then you always find something new outside of the things that you prepare for them in advance. That's true. Because I mean, there's so much clothes, but I'm the only person who really knows what is in there. Um, And so (laughs) it's a little overwhelming to dig through, but I just love pulling out the random things and, and, sometimes forcing people to put them on um <laughs> yes but it's you do so much fun it's you know it's it, yeah it's it's the personalization that really yes. differentiates us from any other service because it's like styling and renting in one and i don't think anybody else really does that at a small personal mm-hmm. level they don't they have the you know it's it's more of just from a size perspective not who you are Yeah, I mean, you can take those style quizzes online, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't really mean anything. And then also anything digital, you just don't know how it fits. Like when you put it on your body in person, you walk out the door guaranteed that you're going to be comfortable, that you know what your outfit looks like versus some mystery item showing up in the mail and just not looking good on your body the way it did on a mannequin. Right. And I remember like starting, you know, those subscription boxes early on when there was a... um a trunk in a, in a, you know, a, another stitch thing kind of going on. And I tried all of those and me being five, seven, you know, size 14, but not your average size 14, right? What does an average size 14 look like? A lot of those sizes or avatars, you know, size recommendations will put me in, you know, a plus size. And that's not necessarily the size I wear. I can wear a medium to a large, but sometimes I do need that XL, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do have hips, but my waist is small. So there's a lot of different and I have broad shoulders. So there's a whole complexity to my body, right? So being able to walk into a space and feel comfortable that the person gets it because I get my body and I know clothing, or if I didn't know clothing, you know, how to put these outfits together and, you know, having such a disappointing you know, relationship and experience to clothing in the store that this was not made for me. This is not, I never see a model in it that looks like me. I don't see my hair. Like, is this even made for me? Do I feel comfortable in this space? Right. And that's so not the experience that you get with you. Well, especially, okay. So there's more to that. I love that you said that, you know, you sometimes wear a medium and sometimes it's an extra, extra large and in number sizes, who knows what that ever means. But I love that you don't box yourself into a size because so many women do that. They're like, I am a size four. I am a size 12. And they just refuse to wear anything. Yes, the vanity sizing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I understand that. It can be very emotionally 
tumultuous sometimes to feel like you're trapped by a number, but that's exactly what's happening here. Like a size means nothing. It's an arbitrary number that a brand has assigned to a piece of clothing. It doesn't define how that clothing, like what type of fabric it's made of, what kind of cut goes into the, the design elements of that garment. I mean, it really is all over the board. And my background actually, I started out in this industry as a technical designer, which means I know a lot about garment construction and I know a lot about fit. So mm-hmm. I know how, like, I know how clothing is made. I know how seams are, um, you know, I know how garments are put together and constructed. And I also know brands really well. And since I curate every piece that comes in the door, I know, I know those brands. I know how they fit. I know. You know, so I sometimes you're you're gonna be a size six, and sometimes you're gonna be a size ten. Yep. It's not you. It's just the brand. That's just how it works. And it, and to be fair, it's like it started back. Like I can even tell you, and you probably know the date, but it, when I guess the, the whole concept of fashion started, especially in, when it was marketed in the U.S., it's the vanity sizing model, right? Yes. And then yeah. they continue to change, and you know. I guess commercially go down and you you have that so you cannot put yourself in a box because this brand will have you in a large and then you'll have some like weird mental like breakdown because you feel <laughs> like you gain weight or you you but you really haven't right it's just nope. all of the things nope. that you it's, mentioned mm-hmm. it's a crazy game and it's also just inconsistency honestly some people intend to make a garment a certain size but then they don't necessarily uh, plan out that the garment will shrink during the manufacturing process. So again, they're labeling something as a 10, but it fits like a four and you're like, what the hell happened here? Um, But yeah, I wear every size. I wear everything from an extra small to a large to just depending on what makes me feel good. Who cares? We need to get over it. I know there's, and there's like stuff that I see and I'm like, yep, I can't even get that over my shoulders, let alone the rest of my body. Um, but I love it. And then I have to find, you know, make peace with it by finding other brands or other things that are, you know, fitting my ethos of sustainability and, you know, being able to rent it and have those options in my closet. Um, because, yeah, you know, most of us work from home. You know, if you're your founder, you're not always at these events. You're not always on camera. But, you know, I want to look fabulous, too. Right. And that shouldn't. I shouldn't be limited by my size or, you know, these things. No, you shouldn't. And that's the nice part. I do feel like there's so many, um, you know, options are growing across the board for, for everything. And that's for me personally, anytime I get down about something not fitting me or um, not being able to find that exact right thing like sometimes I I think I love something or and then I find out it's sold out and I can't have it right and I get sad for a minute but honestly how long is it until I find something else that I do love and like this is this is also the point of fashion it's so transitional there's so much out there you should never feel limited like there's always going to be something out there that is good or better that will take the place of the thing that you missed absolutely I love that well, Daisy, thank you so much for indulging me. I, I know that so glad to always have you and hear you virtually. And I just look forward to us hanging out again soon. It's always a joy and a pleasure. Um, but before we go, tell everyone your handles, your social, what you want to leave um, everyone with for this, this, this podcast series and just who the Fix Collective is. 
Thank you. I love chatting with you also all the time. So The Fix Collective can be found online at our website at thefixcollective.com or on Instagram also at The Fix Collective. Um, Fix is with two X's and that is because um, two X's represent women, the our double X chromosomes. And I love this. It's like built into the <laughs> DNA. <laughs> all there was so, much thought, so much thought that went into this name. Um, so yeah, website, Instagram. That's I love DMs. I love uh, chatting with people. So you can find me. And she loves doing reels. And I'm probably sure I'm going to oh. see her on TikTok next. Well, let's let's talk about that love just for a second. It's is it a real love? It's a <laughs> <laughs> it comes and goes. Let's just say that it's been a while, but I probably need to to pop in something for the new year. Absolutely. Well, Daisy, thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Tiffany. Bye.